welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 441, recorded live on Saturday, December 5th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who wasn't here last week, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who missed out on a good intro, Andy Lowe. Hi. Weren't you not here last week as well? Yes. What okay, good so, intro did we miss out on? Um, episode 440. Mm-hmm. 440 hertz. Is middle A? Yes. So what, were you just going to play like a, a pure tone of middle A? Yeah. Oh, it would have been so annoying. Only for like two seconds or so. It's about middle A, right? Yeah. Oh, Wikipedia has it on their page. I have no yeah. idea. I'm, I'm totally making it up. I'm not pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was... What was that? That was me trying to get it from listening to it in my ear. Yeah. And failing. Oh, come on. Really? It's the reason why I was a percussionist. I have no ear. Absolute perfect pitch. Middle A. Where is middle A? Kate has an excuse. Yeah, but no, being a percussionist, it, uh, everything was tuned for you outside yep. of the timpani. And, and what were you supposed to do with the timpani? Um, Get someone who plays an actual instrument to tune it? Well, normally we would have a pitch pipe and use that. Not not going to rise to the bait? Did you even notice the insult in oh. there? Oh! There you go. Took me a second. <laughs> good morning, Andy! Or good afternoon, I suppose. It's already like one o'clock over there. How are you sleepy and out of it? I'm not that sleepy and out of it. I just missed the thing there because in my head I was picturing how to tune a timpani. Ah, don't you just tighten the, the skin? Yeah, depend, well, depends on um, what type of timpani you have. The old school ones have individual turning things on each of the lugs. Mm-hmm. So you have to like do Go them around, around in a circle. Yeah. I mean, each one just tightens it further. Yeah. But you want to keep, keep it even because yeah. you don't want to stretch but, and tear. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've seen videos of like orchestral performances where the timpani just tears and the percussion, whoever is doing percussion is just like, well, fuck. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, what's also kind of fun about uh, 440 hertz. What else is fun about 440 hertz? Uh, the first one is the uh, time and frequency station that broadcasts for your uh, atomic clocks. Yeah. Uh, broadcasts a 440 hertz signal uh, at two minutes past every hour. So you could tune to that station. Yes. And listen for a middle A. Yep. Okay. And the International Organization of Standardization. The ISO. Yep. ISO 16 specifies that the frequency for the note A in the treble stav shall be 440 hertz. So it's... (laughs) It's not just convention, it's ISO. Yes, it's ISO 16. It is internationally known that 440 hertz is middle A. Is middle A. On the treble staff. Yep. Yeah, I wonder no, if we, that's why it's actually called middle C. I don't know. Not that it's in the middle of the keyboard, that it's actually in the middle of the treble and bass staff. Probably. Because it is, yeah. right? Like, that's where middle C is, literally halfway between treble and bass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, some of that musical stuff back in the old days, it was just so convoluted. Who do we know who knows music history? Who do we know that knows music history? Cat should know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you should ask one of our music major friends. And I'm sitting there thinking, Cat would probably know. Yeah. Or know somebody who could find out. Or could find out. Or could find out, yes. 
So we're back. Yeah. One week hiatus. At episode 441. Woo. Off by a single hertz. I mean, really, the difference between 440 and 441. Granted, 441 is not a uh, is not ISO standard. Nope. But it's probably close enough. Pretty much, yeah. Like your ear, I don't know if it could actually pick out the difference between 440 hertz and 441 hertz. Probably not. There's, um, I think this website online that actually will play two tones, and you're supposed to say which one's higher out of the two. Yeah. And I think like they start out really with a broad range and then they get closer and closer and closer. So you can tell. There is a lot of other stuff and like, I don't know fully how the human ear works. It may be possible that you can pick it out. In fact, it may be easier to pick out uh, the difference between 440 and 441 versus like 440 and 442. Because 440 and 441 are going to get some really weird like disharmony going. The overtones. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you listen to something at 440, your brain will also hear 220 and yeah, 110. The, the intervals, yeah. Which is funny, because we also have to deal with all that stuff there on the electromagnetic spectrum as well. Not just on the... Uh, Resonance or... Harmonics. Like our brain has to. Well, no, just with the equipment. Harmonics is a okay. major problem. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. There's actually a federal rule that says um, uh, it's, it's your station and then... Um, some of your harmonic stations as well, and also uh, frequency-adjacent stations as well, also have special rules built into the FCC about what you can and cannot do. So that I can't, like, fuck up someone else's broadcast mm-hmm. using harmonics? Yep. Okay. <coughs> harmonics and spurious transmissions and all that other fun stuff. I thought about, for, for a while, going into not audio engineering, but sound engineering, and dealing with things like harmonics and structures and oh, resonance. Like theater building and that sort yeah. of stuff? Yeah. I thought about doing that for a little while because there's some really cool science behind that. Oh, yeah. Now all the stuff that's like laser aligned and everything so you can get exact precision. Granted, it's kind of funny because you have all this high-end audiophile stuff and then you have people listening to their music in MP3 format off of their phone earbuds that came with the phone. What's wrong with the earbuds that came with the phone? They're cheap. Yeah. And normally not that good. That's ah. why they came with the phone. Okay. I listen to my music so loud it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to lose my hearing anyway. You know that's preventable, right? By not listening to music loud? Yes. But then I can't hear the music. You, you know, you could, you know, just turn it down a little bit. Your, but your ears then I can't will... hear it. It's, it's a vicious cycle. I can't hear the music, so I have to turn it up. Yes, the only problem is the more you turn it up, your ears will actually fatigue. Yep. And you'll have to turn it up even louder. It does. Thus, the cycle. Yeah. So if you take a break from the cycle for a bit, then your ear should actually calm back down again. Oh. There was actually a funny story about that when the um, the Godzilla movie, the one with uh, Matthew Broderick. Yep. When they were doing the trailer for that, the, the guys came in there like, oh, we want Godzilla's roar to be loud. Yeah. And so they... they Make the went, rest of the trailer very quiet. Well, what they did is they just kept on like ramping it up. And every time they heard it, the guys are like, oh, it needs to be louder. It needs to be louder. It needs to be louder. And the sound engineer finally is like, all right, hold on. We need to take a break here. So <laughs> they broke for lunch. Everybody's ears calmed down. When they came back and played it at the same level that they had left it at, like, that's perfect. No, the guy was like, ah, that's too loud. We need to turn it back down. Aw. It still set the record, though, for the loudest trailer at the time, so. At least that Godzilla movie had one thing going for it. I don't know. 
They had Matthew Broderick. That's a relatively good thing. And um, that French guy. That French guy. I don't know. From The Professional? Nope. Don't know. Hold on. Let me look up his name. Jean Reno. Okay. Uh, he was in Mission Impossible, Ronin. What other movies? Uh, the Da Vinci Code. He was in that one. If you'd see him, you'd know who he is. I haven't seen most of these movies. <sighs> Just putting it out there. All right. Don't get all uppity on me. Yeah, these are mostly all action films. And also a large number of them are in French. Yes, there you go. <laughs> so, should we actually talk about something that's not music related? I suppose. What did you have in mind? Um, where do you want to start? With video games or hacking or technology? Um, technology. Raspberry Pi. Oh, that's a good piece of technology. I, I actually got a second Raspberry Pi. I bought myself a Raspberry Pi 2. I am staring at a two Raspberry Pi Model B Pluses. Yep. Have you figured out what you're doing with those yet? No, not yet. They're still in the bag here. Uh, might I recommend the Smart Mirror? Oh, that, that weird thing that you had done before? I, I never actually got it done, but yeah. Oh. Where you put, like, a screen behind it? Yeah. Uh, and by behind it, I mean behind a, way, a plate of two-way glass. I told you about this, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, we talked about this. Yeah, because you could run it with the Pi. Yeah. And then you could actually just SSH into it and not worry about, like, actually having to plug in a keyboard or a mouse. So wait a second. This one costs $5? Yeah, so there's a new Raspberry Pi. It's called the Pi Zero, and it has, like, nothing on it. So the, the Pi is pretty cheap, right? It's like 30 bucks. Yeah. But even then, like, you, you still need a monitor, you still need a keyboard, you still need a mouse, you still need to put things in there. The Pi Zero rips out most of that. It's a much lower-powered computer. It doesn't have all the USB ports. It doesn't have HDMI out. No, it has, it has a mini HDMI socket. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It does have HDMI. Okay, uh, so you load things on a micro... It's way lower on the processor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mini One gigahertz. HDMI. Huh. And it still has the GPIO. Yeah. So you can essentially use a full-scale Pi for programming, but if you want to actually deploy something and you want it to do it repeatedly and you want to do it cheap, you can use this Raspberry Pi Zero. Now, I do have to say, though, you're going to have to get, because it's micro USB and mini HDMI, you're going to have to get the adapters for that, so that's going to up the price a little bit. Unless you don't need to use a screen. Okay, so then you'll still need an adapter for Ethernet to uh, micro USB. Only if you need to actually connect it to the network. Well, how are you going to program this thing? Oh, you program it via something else on the SD card and just boot it up? Yeah. Where does it get its power from? Micro USB. Okay, so you'll need a micro USB. Just like the actual Pi? Yeah. So you need at least that. Yep. Oh, darn. How much are micro USB cables? Not that much. Right. All right, so what would it be with all the trimmings? To price it out? Yeah. I don't know. 65 bucks? Yeah, it sounds about right, yeah. I was guessing. Oh. Oh, Raspberry Pi Zero is sold out right now. Yes, I imagine so. You kidding? Makers are going to love this thing. It's cute. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi 2 Model B still, though, by itself. Quad-core, 900 megahertz, gigabyte of RAM, four USB ports, 40-pin GPIO, Ethernet port on it. Yep, that's the one I've got. Yeah, no, that's a that's a nice little piece of... It's a little powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, I no, I've thinking, always, I've been wanting to mess with this stuff there, but I just, 
haven't had time. Well, you have other priorities. Yeah. Running. Haven't actually done that since uh, Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah, I know. I need to get back on that. Yeah. Do you know I'm running three times a week now? No, I did not. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I have a friend. We uh, exercise in the basement. She comes over three times a week. Ah. I'm up to about a mile. Are you doing like a couch to 5K sort of thing? Um, not so rigidly structured. Ah. I have a, uh, I have a, a, I have a very cheap treadmill that was left here by the previous owners. It doesn't have really good controls of like, set it to this speed, set it to this. It has five programs built into it and then manual, but the speed control is a slider. (laughs) It's not like set it to be six miles an hour. It's slide it up to the fat burning area. And so what I've done is I've said, I'm just going to use the program where it you know, increases, decreases, increases, decreases, etc. Uh, and I, I set it to a certain level on the slider that I know I can do, but just barely. Gotcha. And I'm just going to keep doing it until I can do that. And then I will move the slider up. So yeah, so you're, it gets, yeah, you're right. You won't be able to. Right. It's like. Go up to, you know, five miles an hour for 10 minutes and then down to four miles an hour for four minutes. Like, I can't do that on this one. So I won't even try. But I'm exercising. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm not right now. Yep. Yep. You should. I know. Get out there. Well, I did haul uh, 10 computers that were about 55 pounds each around the office last week. Good for you. So there was that. Yep. Do we have anything else about the pie? No, I just, I really need to do something with mine. But this is five bucks for this thing? That's nice. Yeah, but if you haven't done anything with the pies you have... Yeah, no. Getting this will not help. (laughs) Do something with the pies you have, not the pies that you want. (laughs) The pies that you deserve? I don't know. The pies that you need versus the pies that you deserve? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what would... I guess this could work with the smart mirror, but you'd need to get wireless internet on it. Yeah. And that's going to be, there's no Wi-Fi built in. No, you need, you need a USB hub for this one. And the USB, USB hub also needs to be powered because this thing's not going to be able to provide power on its own. So yeah. yes, this thing is the size smaller than a credit card, but you're going to have to add oh, a wait, lot wait, of wait. stuff to when it. When you say not going to provide the power on its own, it'll provide five volts of power. This will provide just as much power as any other Raspberry Pi would. No, no this, this is... Andy, where does your Raspberry Pi get its power from? The power adapter that pulls it in? It Yes, but it's not going to be able to output power. This The Raspberry Pis, for themselves, if you're using some sort of powered Ethernet, something or another, peripherals. Like, you can't plug a hard drive up to this thing and expect the hard drive to be able to pull enough power off of it. If it's a hard drive that is designed to work off of a USB drive... I have a feeling this thing is not giving you the 500 milliamps of power that any normal USB port should. I have a feeling that these are two full micro USB ports. One is going to be power in, the other is going to be micro USB out. I I don't think so. Well, all right, let's look power output. Power consumption, blah blah blah, power consumption. Yeah, I got I got nothing on this thing. For power output. Okay. Costs us $5 plus shipping plus waiting to figure out the answer. Is it worth the $5? Nope. All right. Yeah, it looks like yeah, the Zero Starter Pack is 60 bucks. The Budget Pack is 30 bucks. But that's when it like comes with stuff. Yeah. The actual board is just 5 bucks. 
Yeah, it looks like the power adapter for the thing is right around six to seven bucks. It's just a power it. I still don't think you can pull a lot of power off this thing, but we'll see. Somebody will have to do that at some point. Well, if if I mean, I'm looking at the GPIO pins. It says they are identical to the actual Pi. There is a five volt out pin on the actual Pi. Well, yes, but voltage only means a variation between the two. It, milliamps is what you actually need for power. True. You could have a static discharge of X number of volts. You're still, amps is what you need to power something. True. But typically devices are, are about voltage and, and how many volts can it, uh, does it require. Well, yes, you need voltage and you need amperage for stuff there. But mostly GPIOs is just, it, it's able to sense the change based off of your voltage differential. So you yes, don't need a whole lot of... that's for the, the actual GPIOs for doing things like sensor readings. But for like turning on a light, you take the LED and you plug it into the 3.3 out. Yes, but your LED is not going to need a lot of voltage. Correct. Or sorry, a lot of amperage. Ah, ha, ha, ha. ah, electronics. Breaking things. Non-electronic things. A really um, kind of terrifyingly easy way to break master lock locks. You mean outside of the, the combination lock where... Oh, this isn't a combination lock. No, this is not a combination lock. Because yeah, for those who don't know, you can break a master lock combination lock pretty easily. I did that when I actually had a master lock here, and I'm like, I don't remember what the combination is. You looked up how to find it on YouTube? I looked up how to find it on YouTube. There was actually a website there where it actually walked you through everything as you went down the website. So you t- it tells you, okay, you want to do this, and then you type in the numbers, and then it goes to step two, and it's like, okay, do this. You type in the numbers, and it gives you like 16 combinations to try, basically. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, nope, this is, this is not a combination lock. This is a padlock. Yeah, this is like the... This the, is a, a tumbler system. Yeah. And turns out, all it takes is a good whack with a little rubber mallet. I feel less safe. I love how Master Lock responded to this guy's um, video. Yeah? Uh, It says, we recognize that there are those who attempt to challenge the integrity of security products for sport. With the proper time, knowledge, and tools, nearly any security device can be manipulated. That is true. Especially in a controlled environment by a dedicated locksmith or security expert. Also true. Yeah, the most important function of any locking mechanism is deterrence. Uh, No one takes security more seriously than Master Lock, and we offer a complete line of lock products that offer escalating levels of security and cost. Consumers should choose a level of security based on their needs and budget. Consistent with our industry leadership and commitment to product excellence, Master Lock is always innovating to further enhance the security of the security our products provide. Yep. I added a uh, very soon, well, not soon after, actually, right before seeing that, the the article, I had added something to my Amazon wish list. Yeah? A lockpick practice kit. Ah. Because, you know, why not? Okay, also to point this out, somebody else who also looked at the video says, yeah, those number three locks are known to be easy to open. So um, he recommends, you know... Paying a little bit more to get more uh, expensive. Yeah, something a little better. Yeah. Heck, even even owned, even pay more for an American padlock, which is also owned by Masterlock, but um, it's made better. Wow. So and what a surprise. Cheap locks are easy to open. Cool. No surprise on that one. Yep. Yeah, it's really cool. A lot of these companies actually make, like, practice locks. Well, you need to do something if you're going to be a locksmith. You need to practice on... So locksmith's just like a publicly endorsed lock picker? Pretty much, yeah. 
<laughs> I like I just look at this and I'm like, wow, these are these are masterwork thieves tools. There's an associated locksmith of America which has certification and testing. Cool. So yeah, you could be a certified automotive locksmith, a certified registered locksmith, certified master locksmith. Oh geez, oh Pete's. Locksmith what of America? Association? Associated locksmiths of America. Associated Locksmiths of America, excuse me, located in Dallas on Easy Street. <laughs> really? On Easy Street? Yep, they, the office is on Easy Street. That's cool. I wonder how much it takes to be a locksmith. I don't know. There's, you could just be a registered locksmith. That is, seems to be the lowest level. It's online training for a locksmith. Yeah. How much does that cost? Click here for more info. I think I have tools somewhere in this apartment. I don't remember where. But I, too, oh, I should probably put that on my Christmas wish list. What? Training kit. For? Locks. Ah. We could go and be locksmiths, Andy. (laughs) Call a locksmith. Robin Hood men in tights. Yep. Yes. So, speaking of other physical problems. Yes. The new iPhone. Yes. Supposedly, because they're trying to make it thinner and thinner. Yeah. They're going to get rid of the audio jack. What? According to whom? Uh, some Japanese Mac website, which has actually been pretty, according to other people, has been pretty on the ball with their reports. So they're going to get rid of the audio jack. Yes. They will probably keep the lightning jack. Yes, that's most likely where they're going, because there already are headphones and headsets that use the lightning jack already. So you would have to either buy an adapter mm-hmm. or buy headphones that plug directly into the lightning jack. Yes. Port, whatever they call it. Yes. Or Bluetooth headset. Or a Bluetooth headset. Um, okay. What do the audio files say about this? I, I don't know. I haven't talked to any audio files about this. But still, this just seems... So I'd like to point out the HTC G1... Yes. Had no audio jack. Really? Yeah. You looking it up? Well, now I've got the T-Mobile G1. Yeah, it was the HCC T-Mobile G1. Okay. The first oh. Android device had no audio jack. That seems silly. It is no less silly now than it was then. Because it means you're going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. Now, the, the G1 actually came with an audio adapter. It was USB to... Uh, 3.5 millimeter because it was a USB port. Yeah. Do you think Apple will include an adapter? All right, so here's the simple answer to that question. Yeah. When they switched from their other connector to the lightning connector, did they include an adapter? No. Well, there's your answer. But like something as ubiquitous as the 3.5 millimeter? I have a feeling that they're not even going to put an adapter in there. It's just going to be, well, if you'd like to use your 3.5 millimeter stuff, lightning adapter... What's the lightning to USB adapter? Was it like, if I can actually spell lightning? Lightning. Yeah. Uh, lightning to VGA adapter at the Apple Store is $49. Thunderbolt to Firewire is 29 Oh, Firewire. Lightning to micro USB is 19 Firewire was supposed to kill USB. That was adorable. <laughs> I remember having some long discussions with my, my teachers in the photography program. Like, oh, no, man. This, the the firewire is so much better. It's it's so much faster than USB, and it provides power. I'm like, you're nuts. 
it's a proprietary format that Apple owns versus a, a standard that is everywhere. You're nuts. Didn't FireWire get beat by like USB 2.0? Yeah. So it was faster than USB 1.1. Right. And as soon as Apple realized that they were getting beat, they dropped it. Yeah. Immediately, without hesitation. Oh, FireWire. Still remember in high school where you had to do Final Cut Pro stuff. You'd have to get the, the use the special cameras that had the FireWire out so we could actually import the stuff to the computer. Otherwise, we had to burn everything a little bit at a time on CDs because the DVD burner was too expensive for the school to buy one. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. All right, so now here's the question for you. Yeah. They're going to make it so thin that they're not going to have a 3.5 millimeter jack on there. Okay. That's what we're going for, right? Sure. What is the camera going to look like on the iPhone? Why? Because is it going to look like it did before? Because the camera's always in the corner on the iPhones, right? Okay. It's not centered like the other phones. I don't have an iPhone, so I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, I think so. Well, just look up a picture of an iPhone 6. Okay, I mean, so it goes in the corner, so what? If they make it even thinner, they're not going to be able to make the camera any thinner. They've already seen that they can't do it. That's why the little camera thing sticks out. Is it going to stick out even more? Just look. Does it stick out? Yes. So I'm looking at the camera on my phone. Yes. And I actually happen to have a 3.5 millimeter plug as well. Yes. The 3.5 millimeter plug is about three times as thick as the camera. But most, I'm guessing most of the camera's in your phone, right? Oh, I took off the back. I'm sitting here. I have the, the back off of my phone. I'm looking at how much the camera is raised up off of the rest of the body. I have a feeling they could, they could shrink it a little more if they didn't have to have that 3.5 millimeter jack. I think it's going to look weird. But we'll find out what normally iPhone announcements are spring. It feels like they're every four months. So, you know, whenever they feel like it. <laughs> Oh, holy crap, I have a 64 gigabyte card in here. I forgot about that. Yeah, we got uh, 32 gigabyte cards for the fires. Oh, yeah, how's your fire? Um, Still downloading stuff, and I've already run out of space. <laughs> With your 32 gigabyte card? Well, see about that is when we bought them, we bought them at what, Best Buy? They were rushing us out. They were rushing us out because Best Buy was open on Thanksgiving Day and then closed at 1 a.m. Okay. So we walked in there at like 1245. Oh. Uh, so we grabbed two of them off the rack. The first one on the front was the micro SD. The one behind it was the full size SD Oops. card. Oops. I was wondering how you got yours so quickly. Did you just do it with like price matching through Best Buy? Well, no, but the Black Friday prices were cheap for the SD cards. Oh, you're talking about just the SD cards? Yeah, no. Okay. The Amazon, we have Amazon Prime, so we actually could have gotten it sooner, but we actually picked to have the slower uh, shipping done so we yep. could uh, get the Amazon credit. Yep. So I, I also ordered two Fire tablets a little later in the day than you did. Mm-hmm. Mine are coming on the 16th. The 16th? Yep. Wow. They had such a back order. So many people bought the $35 tablet that mine are showing up in two weeks. Yeah, I think we ordered ours like that morning. Yeah, that morning at like 1 o'clock before we went to bed. I ordered mine at the end of the day. Ah, uh, yeah. Dave ordered his at the end of the day. He's not getting it till the 16th. I think yeah, Thanksgiving morning, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kate. <laughs> I appreciate that. Can you feel the love tonight? Uh-huh. Yeah, some of the, the game. I'll, I'll review it next week. But yeah, no, it's looking good. You don't want to wait for me to have mine? 
I can wait for you to have yours. Thank you. Okay. I did buy uh, some micro SD cards off of Amazon, though, because they were on sale. Yeah. So I've got those set up. Two sixty fours and a thirty two. We're looking at uh, getting cases now and a screen protector. We also got ourselves a new printer, which I still have to install. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, back so, to topics. What? <laughs> back to topics. So seeking of Amazon. Okay. Drones. It, yeah, their new drone. Drones! It's built for, just like a normal drone, horizontal takeoff, but it's also got a rear propeller that can turn on, so it can actually, like, fly yep. horizontally. Yep. So I what love- and where are they planning on, the, like, what sort of packages are they thinking that this will deliver? Um... Let's see, the uh, Prime Air Vehicles, uh, where'd they say exactly? Before they announced exactly how far it could go. It's not on this article. I'd have 15 to miles. 15 miles? Yeah. I mean, it's also in the headline, Andy. Oh, I missed that part of it. Yeah. So 15 miles in as little as 30 minutes. I, I love how, first off, they have Jeremy Clarkson doing the ad for it, because now he's, you know, got his Amazon contract. He's freelance. Yep. Well, no, he's not freelance. He's with Amazon now. Yes. There was also a, uh, he did a commercial for the Amazon uh, Fire Stick, I do believe. Okay. Or the Fire TV, one of the two. And he's like going through, it's like, oh, you can watch this and you can watch this. And then he flips over to the BBC and then he just, he just kind of shrugs and moves on. (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah, not surprised. But I'm sitting there going, okay, you could order it and maybe, you know, if it fits in the size of a small shoebox, get it within 30 minutes through this convoluted drone thing. Or I probably could, you know, drive myself to the store and pick it up. Well, sort of. You can drive to the store, A, assuming that there's a store, B, assuming the store has the item, C, assuming the store is willing to match Amazon's price. True. But I have a feeling that in my current population density, Amazon Prime Air is not going to be here for a long time. How long? I don't know. I see this, you know... Well, okay, so I see two problems. A, you need a, you need your Amazon warehouse close to... Yes. Wherever you're going but to be. But also within, no. Within 15 miles. Yes, but also no. Yes, but also no? Yes, but also no. Why well, do you need a full warehouse? How else are the going to get the products to ship them? So here's here's the thing to remember, and you you studied logistics to some extent. Your dad a little bit, specialized yeah. in it, right? Yes. Yes, he did. The last leg of the trip is the hardest. Yes. So why would I not just build regional distribution centers instead of warehouses, which could be significantly smaller? It's where all of the delivery trucks, not USPS, not UPS, not FedEx, but the actual like transport trucks that I'm using to move from the warehouse to wherever the other uh, distribution centers are, and just send all the packages to that one point, and then have the drones for the last leg. So what I'm seeing here is, okay, so they're saying 15 miles and so many, you know, time. 15 miles is normally about the distance that UPS has for all of their distribution centers. Okay. Each one's about spaced. I think most of them are about 15 miles apart for high population densities. Like there's one over by us, 
And then there's another one, I think, 20 miles down the road, closer towards Battle Creek. So just just to point out, uh, I have Kalamazoo on the map. Yes. And if I put a 15-mile circle halfway between Kalamazoo and Battle Creek, it encompasses essentially both cities. Okay, so you have the one there, but still... Somebody's going to have to ship your stuff to that warehouse. Yes, but they already have the infrastructure for that. Sort of. They have they have big Amazon warehouses. The warehouses are huge. We've we've seen the pictures of them, especially when we looked at the the TED talk with those robots. Those Amazon warehouses are huge. Yes, you can't put one of those every. Well, but 15 right, but miles. they have they. Yes, Andy, I know. Andy, yeah. how does the package get to you right now? Right now, there's a big warehouse. Normally, oh, it's in someplace in Illinois. Right. Or Indiana. Right. Then it gets added to the mail. Yes. Or UPS, one of the two. Either way, does, it gets... Does that mail come from the warehouse? No, the warehouse goes to the post office, which then gets delivered the last mile by a postal worker named Steve. Right. So going to that post office, instead of taking it to the post office, Amazon takes it to their own little drone base... Somewhere in, uh, in your case, where is that? That is probably around Richland area. Uh, Galesburg. Galesburg. Yeah, Galesburg as well. Yeah, you're right. Richland South is so Galesburg. Here, let me let me send this to you. Where'd you go? You're in here somewhere. Okay, so there. Okay, so I order something right now. Amazon packs it up at their factory. Yes, in Illinois. In Illinois, ships it to a much, much, much smaller distribution center in Galesburg. Yes where it is then delivered by drone to your doorstep. Yes. You get the picture? Yes, I, I understand that, but I still don't see the... the no, like the actual physical picture. Yes, that I see I the picture. Sent. Okay. I thought you, that was miles. more like a generic get the picture. No, 15 miles is huge. But the time it's going to take... Will not be significantly more than it currently is. Well, I'm just how saying many, that... How many drones can you operate on the salary of a U.S. postal worker? Probably a lot. Once you actually, you know, get the infrastructure set up for these things, because the yep. one off of a drone is going to be expensive, but two drones is going to be less, three drones is going to be even more or less. Once you get the infrastructure in place, then you'll actually be able to save some money. Now, the, the real key is that the U.S. Postal Service takes tons of packages around. Yes. The drone is going to be limited to like one or two packages. Yes. But I'm sure there are people at Amazon who are looking at this and trying to figure out what to do. It's I don't know. This whole uh, drone really delivery thing is drives just... home how big Chicago is. By the way, yes, no, Chicago. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to cover Chicago in these 15 mile circles, and wow. <laughs> the other problem with that, if you're also in a major city, is there are tall buildings. Yeah, around. Where is this go thing going them. to land? Are we going to see them. like the ground drones, like we talked about in London? Uh, probably not. I would not trust one of those ground drones in Chicago. What about like San Francisco? Where would I put one in San Francisco? Oh, you'd need a bunch of them in San Francisco. Yeah. Man, we live in small cities. Mm-hmm. Population density is low. Milwaukee would take one, two... You could do Milwaukee with like two or three. This is a really fun tool, by the way. If you go to freemaptools.com, it's actually a really fun tool. So... So Amazon drones... They revealed their new ones. They look kind of interesting. They're weird. Yeah. We'll see what comes of them. I, I think that barring some sort of legislation on drones, we will be seeing more and more and more and more of this. No, that's very true. So what's up with this JPEG thing? So Reuters, yeah. the news organization, yes. 
has said, hey, photographers, we really appreciate you submitting stuff and we appreciate people submitting news articles and and contributing because that's what Reuters does. Yeah. You are no longer allowed to submit photos that have been taken in camera raw format and then processed. Why why would you... That, the, but the raw format looks good. Yep. Well, the raw format doesn't look like anything. No. But the, the results of it typically look much better. Yeah. Because it lets you do hasty shooting because you can actually modify it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, comparing, drawing comparisons to the film world. It's saying, I've got this shot on the film and I will process the film in different ways, which is really cool and really, really awesome. And Reuters is saying, no, uh, our goal is not to artistically interpret the news. They want the JPEG processed from the camera. Oh. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. It's really, really stupid. It's a terrible decision. I understand that, yes, JPEG. Opposite of what they should do. My, my guess is... JPEG is smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Because especially with like, you give them a raw format from something that's like a 12 megapixel camera, that's going to be a huge file. JPEG is smaller. Yeah. That's that's what it comes down to. And my guess is the fact that we're so used to just amateur amateur photography now mm-hmm. that they don't want to waste time and effort with all this raw format and high quality photos. Oh, people accept JPEGs. We'll just make everything JPEGs. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. No more. Don't do that. Heck, let's forget about JPEG. Let's do everything in PNG. Uh, JPEG is more compressed than PNGs. Or what's the, um, an 8-bit, 8-bit, um, God, it's been a while since I've done any actual... bitmap? Yeah. Bitmaps are uncompressed. Oh, okay, so JPEGs are. JPEG is, like, the worst format you could come up with. Mm Mm-hmm. JPEGs are super compressed. They are uh, messy and loss, uh, lossy compression. That's why you hear the phrase like every time you save a JPEG, the quality drops. It's not actually true, but every time you save as a JPEG, every time you modify it, yeah, you get quality loss. It's really bad. It's a terrible format. It's just really, really small. <sighs> Flash! TV show. I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, I've been meaning to actually start watching it. I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, supposedly it actually is. I have enjoyed the half of the first season that I've watched. Yeah, they, they supposed, supposedly they took it and said, we are making a live-action comic book show, and we shouldn't try to justify things. We should just embrace it and run with it. Yeah. So Gorilla Grodd is a psychic gorilla who hates bananas <laughs> and is a villain in the show. Yep, no, I think I'm on the episode where they finally introduce him. So, yeah. But I'm talking about Adobe Flash. Oh, Adobe Flash. Adobe Flash is dead. Long live Adobe Flash. No, this one actually, Adobe has officially dropped the name from the Adobe Flash part of the creative cloud. But it's still there. Like, it's still Flash. Yes, you can still. Well, it's going to be called Adobe Animate. But that's the the editor, right? That's the thing to, like, create Flash. Yes. But it used to be called, actually, Adobe Flash creator i think or something like that now it's adobe animate yes because they're saying well like i think they said at one point like a third of the stuff yeah a third of all output of the popular web animation program is now actually html5 yeah so it's really people using the same software just they're exporting it as html5 instead of as flash yes okay so flash is still there it's still probably called flash it's just the software that people use to create flash has grown and people use it for other things yes 
I mean, I, I work at a software company. I can understand that and sympathize with that. Sometimes your product just grows and it doesn't make sense to call it what it used to be anymore. Mm-hmm. But still, though, it's even Amazon's not really looking towards Flash as the future anymore. Oh, uh, why would Amazon ever want Or not Amazon. Adobe? Adobe. Okay, I'm like, what the fuck does Amazon care about Flash? Sorry, I still have the Amazon page open. Mm. But HTML5, it's the future. Uh, I know there's, a, there's some stuff that we have. It's probably the past at this point. Well, let's be honest. The HTML5 is the past? Have they started the HTML6 standard? Yes and no. HTML6. HTML6, the spec that brings us freedom. They're still working. I think HTML5 didn't get um, finalized until, what, this year, last year? Uh-huh. Final at the end of 2014. And there are proposals for HTML6. There aren't just proposals. There's, like, drafts of HTML6. Holy shit. Ah, uh, well then. HTML6 is very different. Weird. God damn, I'm going to have to relearn HTML. <laughs> I've had to learn relearn HTML for years, just never have. Yeah, well, HTML6 looks like it uses namespaces from XML. Oh, it's a little bit different. Yeah, so you would define what your page looks like in a schema and then just use those pieces from the schema in your page. That feels bad, like non-standard. Huh. But anyway, yeah, HTML5 is not the future. It is the present and the past. Flash, though, is in the past. Flash is in the very far past. Yeah, we can agree on that part. Yep. Uh, Swift, speaking of languages. Apple's programming language, yeah. Yeah. uh, For apps in iOS and OS X, they have have opened it. Oh, good. So people could, in theory, write Swift interpreters and developer and um, compilers for other platforms. Well, that would be nice. That way you don't actually have to have... Apple in order to program in Swift now. You could actually, I can it, wait until well, somebody makes a Windows version. It's more than that. If I wrote something in Swift and used it to produce an iOS app, if someone writes a Swift interpreter for Android, you can easily just port it I over to an Android. I don't need to redo the app. No, you just At least port. Not, not majorly. I might need to make some tweaks and changes, but there it is. Hmm. Well, that should be interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I've heard yeah. good things about Swift. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. But that's what Apple's doing. Hard drives. 10 terabyte hard drives now available. For how much? Uh, that's got to be $1,000. Yeah, pretty much right around there. I think it's uh, 400 British pounds or something like that right now. Which is almost exactly $1,000. Yeah. Right? No, it's, it's only 1.5 pounds a dollar. Damn it. Now I got to check. GBP to USD. Ooh, yeah, it's only one and a half dollars to the pound. Oh. So it's only $600 for 10 terabytes. Now, to be specific, this is not the first 10 terabyte hard drive case that's been out there. There have been other previous 10 10 terabyte hard drives. Okay. But they've been using special uh, writing methods. Okay. Which I think was called like singular magnetic recording or something like shingled magnetic recording. Okay. So um, it couldn't be used with normal hard drives. You had to have the special equipment and you have the special interpreters to read these things. Okay. This one does the native perpendicular magnetic recording, just like all the rest of the hard drives. Right. So you could take this 10 terabyte hard drive 
and plug it into your desktop if you wanted to. It would also feel a little lighter than you're used to. Because it's filled with helium. It's that filled with helium. Crazy. That's adorable. Benefit of using helium is that it's less dense than air, putting less strain on the motor. I don't know if that has anything to do with, like, putting 10 terabytes in there, but it's adorable. Well, they can put uh, more platters on there because it takes less power to spin the platters. Ah, so that's how they got it up so high. Yeah, and, um, yeah, power efficiency, basically. Cool. Still pretty expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. Not as expensive as if it were a solid state. Hey, solid state's getting cheaper. They are indeed. Supposedly, by 2017. Yeah. Solid state drives are going to be within 11 cents of the price per gigabyte price of regular hard drives. 11 cents per gigabyte. Yes. Uh, what is that website so that I a, checked for the hard drive on Newegg? So on a 750 gigabyte hard disk, which is, let's just, let's just take it to a terabyte. On a terabyte hard disk. Well, I, I, hold on. I can give you numbers right now. So let's let's look at something that's not refurbished. Okay, three terabyte uh, drive, sixty nine dollars ninety five cents. So Difference in price? Uh, forty two dollars eighty forty two dollar forty two point eight eight gigabytes per dollar. Right now, let's see. Flash Are you drive. talking about solid state? Well, that was a regular hard drive. That's that regular. A, yeah, three terabyte right. drive. Three terabyte bucks. drive is forty two dollars eighty eight cents per. No, no, 44 gigabytes per dollar. 44 gigabytes to dollar, okay. Let's see, flash drive right now. Uh, ba, ba. I mean, good luck finding a three terabyte solid state. Yeah, but I'm just looking at other uh, 500 gigabyte uh, da, da, flash card. Here we go. 64 gigabyte micro SD card. What? Seven are, gigabytes you per can't dollar. Compare. Andy. Micro, what? Andy, stop. You are hurting me. Go find. Are you on Newegg? Uh, no, I was on a secondary website that I follow for... Go to, go to Amazon or go to Newegg. All right, I'm going to Newegg. Search for a 500 gigabyte hard disk. Okay, hard drive. 7200 speed. 500 gigabyte. Yep, 7200, so it's fast. Okay. What is the price? Uh, looks like $45. Okay, go find a 500 gigabyte solid state drive. Not SD card, not so just... 500 gigabyte SSD. SSDs. Here we go. All right. Up to 512. Sure. It's close enough. Yeah, 512 is close enough, isn't it? Yeah. What is the price? All right. Well, we got a 500 gigabyte internal solid state drive. Here we go. 150 bucks. So it is three times the cost. Yes. There you go. Don't give me any of this 11 cents per gigabyte bullshit. No, no. 11 gigabytes per dollar. Whatever. So just you, the article was claiming, and you had said that eleven cents per gigabyte. Yeah, I know. In my head, I was flipping up how I normally think right about now. It. Solid state drive is three times the cost. What they're saying is, over the next couple of years, the hard, cost of hard drives yeah. is going to basically plateau. You can't get much cheaper than what they're currently at, which is bullshit. They've been saying that with every generation of hard drive. Oh, we we there's no way we can fit more data in here and make it cheaper. So, bullshit. I do agree that solid-state drives are getting cheaper. I do agree that they are approaching price parity, but bullshit. This guy, I, I, I do not agree with his statements. So you, you agree that solid-state drives are going to get cheaper, though? Yeah. Okay. But you still think magnetic 
storage is going to always we'll be cheaper. also get cheaper. Okay. The thing is, and what, what he's claiming in the article is that the rates right now, solid state drives are getting cheaper faster than hard disks so that they are catching up in price. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Steam. Away from that confusion to something else that's also confusing. Why? Why would you do I don't get this. Steam has added the ability to delete games from your library. Not hide them, not temporarily remove them, not tuck them away somewhere else. Delete the fact that you own it. Yes. Why? Maybe I jokingly gave you a whole bunch of My Little Pony games. Then I have them. Oh, darn. Yeah. I I don't know. This is the weirdest thing ever. Yes, you can remove games from your library. I don't know why you would. It's the, I don't know. Especially, okay, even if somebody gives you a game as a gift, you still have to accept the gift first off. Yep. So if I suddenly just spam you with a whole bunch of dollar games that are, you know, Barbie's adventures, you don't have to accept them. And even if I do accept them, then I just don't do anything with them. Yeah. They are there. Oh, darn. Somebody was like, well, what happens if you get bundle extras that you don't want? Uh Uh-huh. Which is kind of funny because uh, if games that were part of bundles uh, can't be removed as individuals, you have to remove the whole bundle. So that defeats that point as well. Oh, also fun fact, you can actually hide games in your library. Yeah, you can also organize them into folders and call one folder hidden and then just not show that folder. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to do it. I, 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 yeah, I don't understand why. I don't know. Seems strange. Yeah. Yes, it does. So is there anything else you want to hit before we go to the randoms? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. So, random review. Dave, it's your week. It's my week. Yes. I am going to review. Are you ready for this? All right. Creeper World 3 Arc Eternal. Creeper World 3 Arc Internal. Eternal. Eternal. Not in the hell is this? So, this is, well, it is Creeper World 3 Arc Eternal. Uh, it is a strange take on tower defense. Okay. So, it, it, and it's the third version, right? This is Creeper World 3. Um, but tower defense typically is you are stopping things from getting from one end of the map to the other. Yes. This is not them going from one end of the map to the other. It's them going and just trying to kill you. So they're, but, try, they're trying to basically come towards you. So it's kind yeah. of like a defense grid a bit. Right, right. It's, it's keep them away. Well, but even defense grid, like they're trying to get to the cores and then get out of the map. Yeah. But they're still going to a focus point rather than yeah. just streaming across the screen. Right. Well, this, they they are trying to cover the screen. Oh. It's not units that you are defending against. It is a fluid. And so that's where, that's the, the unique twist, right? That's what makes it different than everything else. Uh, there are sources of this fluid on the screen, on the map, and it just keeps churning it out. It is essentially a fountain. And so your job is to build various energy uh, capture devices and weaponry to keep this fluid away from you. I see. It's pretty cool in that there are actual fluid dynamics going on like on the map there's terrain there's height and so as as the fluid expands and pumps out it distributes across the map it goes and fills in low areas and then it keeps building up and so one of the tactics you can do is actually to terraform the map and build yourself a wall or a moat 
or a moat. I don't actually recommend the moat. No? No. Uh, the nice thing about the moat, it does stop it a little bit because it has to go down and then has to come back up. But if if there's a lot of fluid coming, it just kind of fills in the moat and then you're stuck. Maybe a wall and a moat. So what I'm hearing is you basically build a castle. Yeah. You, you build a castle. Um, it's it's very... The mechanic is good. I like the mechanic. I like uh, the, the fluidity, no pun intended, of the game. I do not like the control scheme at all. The controls are terrible. They are kludgy. Uh, there are buttons at the bottom of the screen that you have to, you have to click on to try and do things. Like, if I tell it to build too many things at once, it drains my resources real fast. So I will plot out what I want to build, and then I will deactivate them so that they don't actually build. But that means click on it, click on deactivate, click on cancel so that I can select a different one. Click on the other one, click deactivate, click cancel. And so that's messy. Um, it, it really is. The controls are poorly designed and non-intuitive. I actually wrote auto-hotkey scripts <laughs> to act as my controls. So basically I created my own in-game hotkeys, like A for activate. Or Z for pause, because P is pause. But you're doing everything with the mouse. Where do you put your left hand when your right hand is on the mouse? If my right hand's on the mouse, my left hand's normally at the W, A, S, and D. Right. So where's the P on the keyboard? All the way over there on the other side. Yeah. You want to be able to pause this game. You absolutely want to be able to pause this game. Yeah. You have to pause this game. So that's just not useful. Uh, so the control scheme sucks. The story is just, it's bad. It's just bad. The the text conversations are, they're also bad. But the mechanics are really good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think it's worth it. It's worth the money. It was like 10 bucks. I'm having a good time with it. Some levels are more frustrating than others because there's like, I get the feeling that on certain levels there's a solution that the developers had in mind. Other levels are a little more freeform. You can do a, a number of different ways to solve it. But it's cute. I like it. So would you recommend it for people at the current price point or no? What's the price point? It's like 10 bucks. I think so. Uh, 15 bucks. I'd say wait for it to go on sale, grab it for 10. If you got the money to spend, 15 bucks is good. And actually, 15 bucks might be really good. Uh, I haven't played with the user-created maps. I don't know. I'm always leery about user-created maps because I've seen Mario Maker. (laughs) Some things in Mario Maker are really good, though. A lot of things in Mario Maker (laughs) are really bad. Are really bad. Yeah. There is, like you said, a solution. Well, but those are the ones where it's designed to be a solution, and you should know that going into them. You're talking about, like, the ones that they're doing on Kotaku between Kotaku and Giant Bomb? Yeah. Yeah, those are designed to have a solution. The fun is actually in figuring out that solution. You call it fun, I call it slightly frustrating. Then you shouldn't play it. Yeah, which I have not. But some of the maps on, on this are interesting. I'm, I've seen pictures of them. I haven't gotten to play them. I don't know. It's It could be interesting. Yeah, I still have to finish up Defense Grid and Defense Grid 2. Yep. Defense Grid 2 wasn't nearly as good. Oh, well, that's Defense too bad. Grid. Defense Grid was, was great, lightning yeah. in a bottle. 2 was okay. It wasn't great. Kind of like uh, Puzzle Quest. Yep. Oh, speaking of lightning in a bottle, we totally didn't cover Westwood Studios. Oh? Uh, first link. They were recognized at the Game Developer Awards, or just Game Awards. I don't know if it's actually called the Game Developer Awards anymore. No, it's just the Game Awards. Yeah. 
Uh, Westwood Studio won the Industry Icon Award. For what? For being Westwood Studios and inventing the RTS genre. True, yeah. (laughs) They point out, without Westwood Studios, Blizzard may have never gotten into RTS because there was no RTS for them to get into. If Blizzard never gets into it, you never get Warcraft, you never get Defense of the Ancients, you never get Dota. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah, Westwood. Yep. So Westwood Studios, the the two co-founders of Westwood Studios were awarded, because Westwood doesn't exist anymore. They were purchased by EA in the late 90s. Um, But they they were given the Industry Icon Award, basically recognition for contributing to the industry. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was very touching. There's a really cool video. It's linked. You should watch it. Okay. All right. uh, Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. Speaking of creepy, what would you do if your significant other started meowing at you like a cat? No. Wasn't planning on. Okay, good. Sorry, just had to make sure Kate wasn't, you know, going to start mewing at me. <laughs> I mean, it would it would it would answer the question pretty easily. All right. So if I was sitting there and then Kate just started meowing at me. I mean, Laura does meow at me. Why? She and I have a whole series of non... I can't say non-verbal, because it is verbally communicated. It's just not word-based communication. So you just have noises like grunts and such? I mean, yes. Let's... Not quite grunting, uh, but we do use other sounds besides words. And a meow is part of that. Yes. The, the real problem is it's not just a meow, right? It says, what would you do if, you're, if your significant other starts meowing? Well, but what kind of meow? Is it the meow, where are you meow? Is it the meow, hey, do you have a second to look over here meow? <laughs> I'm not joking. We have, like, these are, these are established sounds in this household. You have established meowing at your household. Um, you have set meows. They, they are not set as in like we sat down and defined them. It's just these are what they have evolved to. So right meow, you have meows. Yes. I. So for me, it, it depends on what kind of meow it is. I think we have one meow. Yeah, when I'm mocking people, there's a mocking meow. Yep. You're meow, 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 meow. Yeah. So there's the mocking meow. That's all we have. So if she did that one, I knew she'd be mocking. It's probably something I just said. Yep. <laughs> Outside of that context, though, I would ask, are you okay? But yeah, so the, there is a mocking meow that we have. That would be normal. Anything else See? outside See? of that? Well, but be- so there you go. You have a you have a established non, non-word-based verbal communication. Well, I think all couples have some sort of non-verbal yeah. communication that... There's also lots of inside jokes and stuff. Right. So we have one instance where that would be acceptable. Anything else, not so much. Okay. You have... We have several. Yes. We do not discourage it. You don't discourage? <laughs> I... What, what, I don't know. This one's just weird. <laughs> this episode has been weird and confusing. Okay. And there's your title. And there's the title. And I guess... That's a wrap. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you.